0: Welcome to In a Prosecco, the podcast that raises a glass to moms who are transitioning from empty nester into the next beautiful phase of life as a free bird. I'm your host, Bernie Slowey. I'm a mother of two sons who have grown and flown, and I'm also a former corporate executive, filmmaker, writer, speaker, and entrepreneur who has helped women transfer into their authentic selves to uncork their infinite sparkling possibilities. So whether you're sipping a Prosecco or your favorite beverage of choice, join me as we pop open today's Message in a Bottle. Hello, and welcome to another episode of In a Prosecco. I'm your host, Bernie Slowey, and I have my Prosecco bottle here to see what the message of the day is. Oh, I love that sound. Today, we're gonna be talking about the stages and phases of empty nest syndrome. What is the truth serum going to reveal today? Well, <clears throat> first, what is empty nest syndrome? Because I found out that it is actually not in the DSM 5, which is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. It is not a clinical disorder, it is considered an emotional change it because of a transition in the life, and that this is what I found on psychology today. So I wanted to share this with you. Emptiness syndrome refers to the distress and other complicated emotions that parents often experience when their children leave home. So the emptiness syndrome that many parents and of adult children experience is not a clinical disorder. Org diagnosis, it reflects the emotional ambivalence of a normal life transitional period. So that's why I wanted to dedicate this show to talk about what are those stages and what are the phases, because we all go through life changes. So what does this mean for us? And I thought it would be just similar to, you know, the phases of uh, loss, like of death or and divorce. I mean, all those things that I always call them, refer to them as the dreadful D's. So, whether it's death, divorce, disease, um, depression, there's a lot of just D's that I can't remember right now off the top of my head. But because this is seen as a syndrome, the interesting thing I found is that with the stages that we all experience and change are all going to be similar. But I wanted to give you five to recognize in those stages, and then we'll review the five phases. All right, so what's the first phase of an empty nester? Well, there's the buildup, right? So the first stage is the anticipation, you know, your oldest. And and this is even for, you know, if you have multiple children, we're gonna go through this multiple times. But the oldest is the one that we're going to first experience when the baby flies the coop. <laughs> so what does that mean? And what does that look like? First page is the anticipation of like, okay, this is going to be a change. And so I know that for me, I really got heavily involved. And it was probably the junior year when my son started to look at colleges, you know, they're going through prepping for ACT, SAT tests, which I understand is now not even necessary. But Let's talk about what happens after graduation. And so there's also the planning of, you know, with prom, graduation. And so it, this highly anticipation or highly anticipated graduation celebration, but also what does that mean for getting ready for when your child decides to move? And again, it doesn't have to be college, it's also if they end up going to the military, if they end up moving just to another city, to Pick up whatever new life that they wanted to begin, and so I think that that's an important stage to realize that it doesn't have to be the next week before your child leaves. It is a slow buildup. And so to recognize that the anticipation is the first phase, second or stage, second stage is the actual departure. okay, This is like whether your child is actually moving physically with all of the items out of the room or going away to college into the dorm so it's um, their room is still intact the funny thing that i I also noticed that when my son uh, oldest was moving out my younger son actually was really excited about like oh well our oldest ended up moving to the basement because it was his way of being able to have independence asserted right so he moved from his Childhood room into the basement to have more freedom, and then our younger son, which we th- thought was going to be all excited about moving to the basement until he realized that he would have to move his stuff but the thing is, I noticed that with the actual departure, moving in to the dorm was a big, exciting thing to drop off our son and be able to tell him goodbye and see the campus and I remember that it was definitely tears as we were driving away, realizing that room is empty when I go home. And it's going to feel different for not only me, my husband, and for our youngest, whose older brother is also gone. So that's another episode from the perspective of everyone involved. But it is something that will be an emotional release at the same time of the departure and the, and the excitement of it, but there's also that sadness, right? We'll get to that with the phases. So then the the next stage is the actual grief of realizing, okay, now you are in this different dynamic with one of your children being gone. And so what does that look like? Well, the schedule could change, obviously, with the relationships that we have with the remaining children and the focus that you might have on them. And our son, our youngest, who was still at home, said, this really sucks because now all the attention is on me. So it was like a hyper microscope on him. And I think a little bit of it was the grief that was playing out, particularly for me, like not having both my sons together. (laughs) And so our youngest was kind of like, he wasn't thrilled, honestly. (laughs) He couldn't wait to be able to either go and visit our son, who was just really down the road. We were in Colorado at the time. And so he was at CU Boulder. And so that was a 45-minute drive. And so our youngest definitely was excited to whether our oldest would come home versus whether or not he wanted to go and visit his older brother. And so, but the grief part was very real. I felt like it was definitely this loss a little bit, you know, and even though we would come home on a regular basis. So, but grief is something I think that we all will experience in some way and how we experience it, because I can tell you that my husband was actually thrilled. And that's why the whole concept of really having this mindset change from this empty nester to becoming a free bird. So people, we're all different. We're all going to handle grief differently. And as moms, I know I wear my emotions on my sleeve. So if I'm going to cry, I don't hold back. And I think for my husband, it was just a different way of processing. The idea for him, for grief, was different from his own departure from his household. And for me, I couldn't wait to leave home at 18. I was very excited to get started. And that was the case for my oldest. He actually wanted to leave when he was turned 18. And that's why he moved to the basement. So grief is going to show and and appear differently. and, And that's healthy. I think to just feel it. So when I would share it with people like, yeah, I'm feeling the feels. Grief, I think, is an important element of a shadow side to explore. The fourth stage, the rebuilding piece. I think that the rebuilding is important because in this stage, okay, now that my son is gone, what about, what does it mean for you to rebuild? And I think it's the rebuilding of, the, you know, now you're not just worried about what is, you know, both kids getting up and getting ready and doing the best that they can in school. You've got your oldest, I did, I had my oldest, and I was always wondering, like, is he going to class? <laughs> I'm not able to to know whether or not he's actually attending his classes. And again, looking at my son kind of being the major focus of my attention and so the i realized that the rebuilding stage also has an opportunity to like well what does that look like for rebuilding my schedule and my interests so i think it's an important thing for you to embrace the rebuilding stage of how does the dynamics shift and that can be also an exploration of you know for us dinners never were typical it was always scattered based on what their schedules were so we actually had more opportunity to reconnect with our younger son and and i think that was really healthy for all of us so that big brother, sometimes being a, a bigger personality and i think birth order is fascinating by the way i think that's going to be one end of the episodes because if you have more than one child you know that's not just rebuilding the dynamics with one leaving, but then if you have three or more, you're also dealing with the middle child and, and their own unique experiences, of the middle child. And then you've got the youngest child and, and their experience when they leave. And so I think it's the importance of how to rebuild those connections within the house, but also outside of the house. So staging The rebuilding piece is with your friends and being sure to like make time for them. And if you're working, you know, as far as are you getting other things to be of interest for you, whether it's hobbies or does that make more time then for you to actually take more vacations? It totally depends on what your circumstances are. But that rebuilding is also going to be about reinventing. And I'll talk a little bit more about that as the phase. The fifth stage is acceptance. This piece I found interesting because the acceptance of when our oldest went off to college, then COVID. So our oldest actually had to come back home. So the acceptance of like when things change, well, that means in every way. So the acceptance I think is the part where for me, I really wanted to, once I adapted to not seeing my oldest every day, then having him come back, well, he'd already had a taste of freedom. <laughs> he'd already had a taste of freedom. And now coming home, that was a different dynamic. And so even for all of us, and during COVID, I was just so thankful that you know, the boys ended up having an opportunity to reconnect again. And that they had each other for COVID. But for my husband and I, it was kind of one of those, okay, we, we had all this anticipation. We've done this whole departure, the grief, and then rebuilding to understand, like, what is my relationship with my youngest, with my husband, and my community, and my friends, and what I'm doing to, to reinvent myself. But then reconnecting with my oldest after he already left and came back home. That was, that was interesting. So I think acceptance becomes whether or not in the circumstances of COVID and the pandemic, when they come home for the holidays, when they come home for summer, you know, that's a whole nother, you know, th- because then they leave again. So being in that stage of acceptance, knowing that, okay, they will leave, but they will also come back in some fashion, whether it's permanently for a temporary stay over the summer, whatever the reason may be. So that acceptance is the fifth stage that I think is healthy. But there's also the symptoms that we look at and how are we dealing with those stages. And that's the next segment, the five phases of empty nest syndrome. But first, a sip or maybe a big old drink and another pour. (laughs) Oh, and I still just love the bubbles. All right, so talked about the stages, talk about the phases of emptiness syndrome. The first phase, I can tell you I was definitely sad and I also felt there a sense of not the sadness of so much of my son leaving, but I think it was more of the emotions that I had been suppressing and that the The loneliness that came from not having that connection with my oldest on the regular basis, so I actually realized that it was more about how I was feeling probably unresolved childhood issues that really surfaced, and it really presented itself when my youngest left for college and so. I think that the phase that we start to emotionally feel, because I think there's a body, mind, heart, and ultimately spiritual processing that we go through. So with that emotional phase of sadness and loneliness, the the distress of not having the family unit together. And, you know, are we really truly prepared because of all that we poured emotionally into our families and and the sacrifices that we make? The second phase is that loss of identity as the mother of our children who we've nurtured. I mean, you know, for all those 18 years, (laughs) we push them out. And... You know, all those hormones are raging when we are having, you know, we're pregnant and having our babies. And this is, you know, whether you've actually, you know, given birth or if you've adopted, you know, you have this person in your life for 18 plus years. And so there is definitely this who am I when I'm not mother to this child or my children. So the loss of identity a little bit is this, you know, when I have been doing so much for them. And now they're not even here. So what is next? And I can tell you that what I did is with my girlfriends, when both my sons were off for their freshman year, we actually would come together and box up little care packages for the holidays. And the first one was Halloween. And then we did one for Valentine's Day. But it was like a way to stay connected as a mom, but also to separate myself where I wasn't you know, like, oh, you have to be calling me every day because the loss of identity of being mom didn't mean that I wasn't mom because I was finding out how they were doing. It was more of this, you know, I, I can trust that they're doing very well on their own. And I think that that's part of the, the third phase is the anxiety that we feel. So who am I as this, mom and now that has shifted a little bit I'm still a mom but what is my role for my children when they leave so the anxiety of like okay there's a loss of control here I'm not sure if you know is Mary or Jimmy going to class how are their grades how are they doing in boot camp how are they doing in trade school how are, you know are they going to their job and are they happy you know what's are they socializing are they being able to like make meals for themselves you know there it's just crazy stuff that goes through our heads as as moms so you will probably get the sense of like okay the anxiety is real and it's okay now allow for yourself to feel it because there's going to be a different phase or symptom that you feel and that is definitely the physical symptoms because what we think about we bring about so Whatever the distress and the anxiety that we're feeling in our heads, we're going to start feeling it in our body. So whether or not you're sleeping well or that you aren't eating the same, you might decide that, you know, that's comfort food or it might be that you're not, you don't have an appetite whatsoever or, you know, there's always a liquid medication or whatever it is that just gives us the recognition of, okay something, I'm not feeling right. I'm like sleepless or whatever the case may be. Just pay attention for your well-being that if your physical symptoms are saying something, it's the emotional and whatever your thoughts are that are also giving attention to um, making sure that you're taking care of yourself. So the fifth phase, I would lump it actually, because it's a little bit of the marital along with the reconnection. So like the stages of rebuilding, I think the phases is that it's very normal for us to start looking at, you know, my husband, is he the same person? He's not the same person that I married, certainly, because we've spent however many years together because of children. We've put a lot of our attention into our children. if If he's not the same, am I the same? Well, no, I'm not the same. I'm the different person. I've grown and I've expanded. And we've been through so much with our lives, watching our kids develop and grow and however they experienced school with sports, academics, music, whatever the case may be. I mean, we also had to go through a lot of focus on our kids in school because of the learning differences that we discovered. And so that was something that. You know, I became so vigilant, vigilant about making sure that, you know, are they getting the support they need to thrive and succeed in school? So there's a whole nother episode on on that, what it means to actually go through something like that, because what we learn through about ourselves, <clears throat> we actually get a big dose of that through our children so that no matter what they went through, I found myself actually realizing Oh, that makes sense. When I was in school, I had this thing where I couldn't pay attention during math class. <laughs> and I was like, "What is that about?" And then realizing, "Okay, we're all different learners." But we're also like realizing that with my husband and his ADHD, he learned so much about what we learned through our son that it was kind of like this aha and this so the phase of like thankfully being able to see okay when they do actually leave the household. What was that emotion that we felt when we left? And a lot of it stems from the unresolved issues of childhood. And I'm not a psychologist. I'm not an expert by any means, but I will tell you that I'm an expert when it comes to transformation and being an empty nester twice and again, because our oldest is actually still living with us. He is working on a cruise ship. And his schedule is that he works four months and he's home for six weeks. And so it's like every time he comes home and, you know, he's decompressing. And I have to remember, he is no longer my child in the sense of me taking care of him like when he was growing up. He's now 23 years old and he has to make adult decisions. And so I'm realizing that that whole... The desire to reconnect means that I'm reconnecting with my husband differently and how do we do things together now and how do we rebuild our lives and our interests? You know, we picked up and decided to move from Colorado and move to Florida and thankfully we saw that that was a huge benefit for our youngest because he grew up, man, did he really do some adulting? When we moved to Florida, he actually benefited in having to be responsible and, and make appointments on his own and now it's like he's the head of household in Colorado and he went through a very interesting experience with melanoma on his face and he had a perimeter that was cut out of the upper lip and philtrum of his face and he did that on his own where he was making the doctor's appointments and follow-ups and I did go out to make sure that the reconstructive surgery that was three and a half hours long. And, but I wasn't there when he had his perimeter cut out. And it was a 15-minute process. But for him, to watch him go through something like that, and he had such resilience, resolve, and I'm so impressed with the way that he conducted himself. For me, I was in total distress. Like, I'm not there to take care of him. I'm not there to make sure, like, you know, is he going to his doctor's appointments? It was the best thing, though, because he had to pick up that responsibility for himself to ensure. Now, let me backtrack for a second. It took a lot for him to even get to the doctor's appointment because he, of course, thought, oh, it's no big deal. But he had a mold that had developed in his middle school year. And and it just grew. But, you know, when you look at somebody every day and he looks in the mirror every day, it doesn't seem like anything has really changed. And it wasn't until I actually came back for Parents Weekend and noticed that his mole was growing. And I said, I think you need to get that checked out. And he was really, you know, kind of slow and hesitant about it. And I kept persisting and persisting and persisting that he did go finally to the doctor and found out with the melanoma and that it was a good catch mother's intuition, right? I know you have it. We all have that sense of like, there's something not right. So we always stay connected in a way. It's just different, right? That phase is of, you know, I've got to let go and allow for my children to grow. And that indeed, when we made that move and saw how he has really developed and grown from this whole experience but also, you know, we can't call and say, "Okay, did you make your dentist appointment?" That's on him now and and it has been the very best thing that he's taking ownership of his life. Our oldest always did. Our oldest always took, he was like he told us when he was 4 that he was an adult trapped in a kid's body. I mean, this is an old soul that was like, "I'm ready to move and as soon as I turn 18, I'm moving out." Thankfully, he stayed in the basement and waited until college to leave. But our youngest, I think he would have stayed home unless there was a reason to leave. <laughs> and that's why sometimes we have to recognize that that phase of reconnecting is that release is so critical because who they are when they come back, that's a different relationship. And it, it is actually beautiful. It's the phase of life that is the you know, that circle of life you know, I've seen the Lion King and we know that it's important. This is what we signed up for. And then I know that in other civilizations over time that, you know, it is, I think, an interesting thing, this nuclear, this concept of the nuclear family and the immediate, you know, mom and dad and the kids. Well, in many cultures, when I was in India for my film project and, you know, they have multi um. The, and also multi generations that will live in the same household and it's a financial reason but also as much as hey that there's an they don't have the same you know elderly care so the families it's a really unique i think it's a brilliant thing actually that the the grandparents take care of the young ones while the parents are working and and i think that is a, a cool concept honestly my mother watched our oldest son, Nick, for a year, first year of his life. And we didn't expect to I I didn't have the best relationship with my mother. So then when she agreed to come live with us to watch our oldest son, it was like she was a better parent as a grandparent. And I will always appreciate that. she didn't know how to probably be a mom. But man, that first year of Nick's life was the best year he probably could have ever had. She doted on him and took care of him like no other person I can imagine. She, she was the best caretaker. So we were very fortunate. And at the same time, I, I realized that the the next phase that I don't talk about necessarily in this episode, but as part of that. The acceptance, I think, is important to realize that we may not be the same parent when our kids are going and leaving at 18 or whatever age, whatever circumstances that bring them back, right? That this is the time in our life as an empty nest. An empty nester to go into that mindset of a free bird means that. Whatever amount of years that we have before we become a grandparent is going to make also a huge difference in our relationship that we form with our children when they do return to the nest. And that they're looking to us, to you as the role model for how how am I to be as an adult in the world. So if they're anxious to move into their phase, I think it's a pat on the back to you doing such a good job that they're actually excited about their next journey, their next adventure, their next chapter, and that gives you the opportunity to do the same. This is a new journey and this part of life that is exciting. So that whatever it is that you're creating, and you're like putting refocusing back on your career, or you're actually looking at a new career, like I did you know, we moved to Florida for re-inspirement, not retirement. It was like, okay, we did this because it was like the necessity of making sure that we have income and their financial stability for our kids. It is this something that now we can like, okay, do something that is actually meaningful to us and and so that we have that focus completely on on our what we need for fulfillment, not because all the attention of Are our kids getting what they need? I also think that when we move into this phase, this final phase of this reconnection, whether it's with your spouse, with your friend, with other family members, you know, I think the reconnection is the ultimate when it becomes the focus on you. What do you need? What do you want? Who are you? And where do you want to go? Are you living your life purpose? Because there's no better opportunity than now. And your children are going to thank you for it because you become the best role model possible for permission to grow and also to glow. You get a glow up opportunity right now assessing where is my mental health? Where is my body and physical health? Interestingly, you know, going through body changes and the stress and the anxiety. Well, you know what? Thank you, menopause, because that seems to be another change that we go through around the same time is becoming an empty nester. So maybe that's the opportunity to see ourselves as the free bird when we're able to allow for our children to grow. So the distraction of like, how are they doing? Are they calling? That we're not caught up in their emotions, right? So that they they have the ability to start and prepare. Because one day they're going to have their own children. And then we get that second chance of parenthood in a sort of way like my mother did with with our oldest son, Nick. And that, that life can get really even better. So when life was loud, when the house was full, well, this is the part where if it gets quiet, embrace that opportunity for that inner journey of exploration self-discovery reinvention this is time of this is the time of life where doors of new opportunities and possibilities and being able to decide well what do i want for the rest of my life how do i want to live the rest of my years and also with those you know do you it will be a serious conversation with your spouse as far as who are we and are we meant to be together? Are we no longer? I mean, this, is, this was great that we kept part, as partners for our kids, but are we the same people? If we're not the same people anymore, do we still work together? And I think that's a healthy stage. And marriage isn't easy. Neither is parenting. But it is something to start looking back at ourselves and who are we with someone. And that renewal of a relationship with our spouse and our friends, but also it's building a more mature bond with our kids because we want them to be thriving in life on their own. We want to give them the opportunity to just be who they need to be. And that means, that means you too. <laughs> be who you're meant to be. Again, you're going to be the best role model because of it when they watch you. I do believe that moms are the center of the family when it comes to the emotional and the psychological element of the empty nest phase. So that if we're moving into that free bird, that's going to give our kids a lot of relief as well. So to recap, but first, Another sip. All right. So, recapping the five stages and five phases of emptiness syndrome. First phase, or excuse me, the first stage, anticipation. All right. So, prepare now in the anticipation of when your child is going to leave. You know it's coming. Prepare. Departure. When it actually happens, that's when the real feels start. And then the grief. Yes, you're actually doing the morning of the actual departure. And then you've got the rebuilding, rebuilding the relationships, the connections that you have with the people that are in your everyday life. Then you've got acceptance. Okay, so you've adapted to the change. And so the acceptance piece that is actually going to really help you with the rest of your children that are going to be leaving and also your relationship with your spouse and friends or even work. And then we've got the five phases. So the first phase of the emotional sadness, the loneliness, the distress, that's the first phase. Very emotional again of those feelings that come out in the 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 way that the emotions can be overwhelming. Then the second phase, the loss of identity. So it's kind of one of like who am I again? you know, who am I if I'm not mom to my children? Yes, you've got a fabulous career. But whoever you are, who am I now? And then you've got the anxiety phase of like, oh my gosh, are my kids going to be okay without me? Are they prepared? What's their well-being? You know, we can't control them. What I did find out, by the way, with the college is that uh, colleges are working with your student. They are not allowing the parent to call in and say, did Johnny or Mary sign up for their classes? (laughs) So that is on your student, but it's the anxiety of like, are they actually able to thrive and they're surviving? And the fourth one is really about the physical symptoms that you might feel as far as the lack of sleep or are you not eating, but it's the thoughts that bring about and then the physical that is projected into the stresses of becoming an empty nester. And then the fifth phase, which is the reconnection, the desire to reconnect with your spouse, your friends, and mainly yourself. Remember, there's that rebonding that happens, that reconnection with your child. It is going to be different. And that's a good thing, a really good thing. So with your five stages and your five phases that you can prepare for, or if you've already been, or you're going through it now, and then understand you're not alone and this is very healthy. This is really a wonderful growth opportunity for everyone involved. So cheers to you for making it this far, because, you know, there's a lot more to explore in your new phase and your new life as you reinvent yourself. So cheers to you for doing such a good job. If your child is ready to go, and you know what, even if they don't call you every day, that's okay. Because you're now going to take your next phase, your next challenge, your next chapter, your next adventure, journey. This is going to be about you. So cheers to that. Tune in next time. If you enjoyed this episode of In a Prosecco, be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new episode is posted. Rate and review the show, and please do comment and share ideas for topics that are important to you. A friend who cares is a friend who shares. Here's a toast to you on your re-inspirement journey. Cheers.